Greetings in Jesus' name to each one here this evening. We come here to worship the exalted Jesus. <clears throat> what a blessing. We can serve him. Now, um, <clears throat> you know, life has a lot of aspects to it. And, and for thank God for us as Christians, we want to serve Jesus every day. And I don't think any of you have been taken captive <clears throat> and uh, said, you know, for a million dollars, you can have him back. You know, I don't know if your children or somebody close to you would be taken captive. <clears throat> and they say, look, I want a ransom for that, that child. What would you pay? What would you pay? You know, where you like to say it's a reasonable fear, like $1,000 should be enough. You know, even if they're worth more than that to us. You know, and... Um, <clears throat> But you'd want them back. What if they ask like 50 million? And what would you do? You know, each one of us here this evening, we've been taken captive by Satan. You know that? You haven't? We didn't plan on you like, but you've been taken captive by Satan. And you were born and you were created by God, for God. And you've been taken captive. And it happened in the garden. You know, Adam and Eve didn't do us a favor you know, in a lot of ways. <clears throat> but you got it anyhow. You got the Adamic nature. And you know, you didn't, you, it's there by nature. And there's a certain way they act. And you know what? You need to be redeemed. You need to be redeemed. Everyone's, every Christian here was redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And I tell you, that makes all the difference. And so I had to think, well, what God was thinking, okay, they need to be redeemed by, they've been taken captive by Satan. And by the way, that wasn't like in Haiti where you got fed lousy food. In other words, when Satan got you, us as a people, he just didn't make your circumstances bad. He made your heart bad. That's worse. You know what I mean? You didn't have to think twice to be ugly. You didn't have to think twice to lie and be deceived. You didn't have to think twice. It was your nature. In fact, you had to think twice to be nice sometimes. You know? And that's our nature. See, it, so this is even worse than captive in Haiti. So we were taking ransom. We need to be redeemed. You know, in the Old Testament, he said, you know, the blood of a lamb, a perfect animal, heifer, bull, that can redeem them. But it never did redeem them. It was a foreshadowed. And you know what? It had to be the perfect lamb of God. The perfect lamb. You know what? You could never die for yourself. Your parents couldn't have died for you. The most blameless person on earth that you know of other than Jesus could have never died to redeem you back. It had to be the perfect lamb of God. What a plan. It was from creation. It was planned from the start of the earth. And, and it was designed by God. It was worked out by God. And you and I as Christians were recipients of that. Everyone that was born can be a recipient of that redemption. It wasn't just for you and me. It was for everyone. I praise God for that. No wonder it says in Galatians 6, 
14, but God, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is redeemed unto me and I unto the world. You know, and, and sometimes I wonder, do we glory in the cross enough? Do we? Without the cross, you and I would have never been redeemed. We would be just the old Adamic nature all of our life, which is pathetic. It's not fun. It's not enjoy. You have a lot of enemies, only a few friends, and they're not good ones a lot of times. You know, and then, and then you can live that way, and then damn forever. Damn forever. Without the cross, that's what it would be, glorying in the cross. The title of the lesson is Redeemed and Reconciled. Redeemed and Reconciled. Let's look at Colossians 1, verses 13 to 22. Colossians 1, 13 to 22. And we'll look at this process uh, a little bit more here in the scripture here. Colossians 1, where it cuts in, I'll read it out of the New King James. And he has delivered us into the power of darkness. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his, the, of, into the kingdom of the son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church. Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead? that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Lord that in him all the fullness, in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things into himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of the cross. And you, who were once alienated and enemies in your minds by, the, by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Now there's a lot of meat in here and we'll spend a few minutes. In fact, we will stay here for the bulk of the sermon. Because it, it pretty well says it all. Because here it talks about what I've already discussed. It, it, uh, it says here in verses um, <clears throat> 13 and 21, it talks about how you were in your original state. Where it says there, he delivered us from the power of darkness. And that's very true. You know, darkness is, is just desponding, decrepit. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what's going to happen next. And we, don't, we haven't figured things out. We can't figure things out in darkness. It's part of darkness. And the evil people, evil people still love darkness. And there's a lot of evil in part darkness. And, and you know what? Every last one of us before we come to Jesus were people living in darkness. You might have thought you knew a lot, but you didn't. And far spiritually, we didn't without Jesus, verse 21. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your minds by wicked works. Mm -hmm. You know, it's incredible to think and be reminded 
of how my, our sin was viewed by God. I don't think we think of that about, about that very often. Alienated. Enemies. Sounds pretty strong. That's where we were. That's exactly where we were. I find it kind of eye-opening. Keep your finger in Colossians, but we'll go back to Romans 3. It describes these type of people. And you know what I have to think? Most Christians don't think about this. This is where God views a sinner. Uh, Romans 3, verse, cutting in at verse 9. What then? Are you better than they? Not at all. For we have... For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. No wonder it says in verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's where we were. Point blank, all of us were sinners. Oh, so we were all at the same place. That's correct. Jew and Gentile the same. When it comes to needing Jesus, we were all the same. And I'm glad that God viewed it that way because that gave us the same provision that everybody has had. Verse 10. As it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. Outside of Jesus, it don't matter how good they are. And I've heard, oh, that child's a good child. Outside of the Lord, outside of the Lord, there's not such a thing as a good sinner. They're a lost sinner. Outside of Jesus, everyone that comes to the age of accountability is a lost sinner. That's where we all were. In fact, you know, when we think about sinners, it, it, it just makes us thank the Lord for Jesus. Because, you know, we don't have to be those that are living in sin. We don't have to be those that are, are not righteous. They're not righteous. We have the righteousness of Jesus. He said, but look, he goes on describing. There is none who understands outside of Jesus there is none who seeks after God. They are all turned aside. They have to, together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Even the goodness of a sinner is filthy in God's sight. We've got to remember that. There, there's no good in a sinner. And that's the way we were without Jesus. Their throat is an open tomb, and their tongues, they have practiced deceit. These people will cover up, try to cover up their sin, and that's why the scripture says very plainly, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whosoever confesses and forsaketh him shall have mercy. Sinners like to cover up their sin. Christians that are going astray try to be deceitful and cover up their sin. He said, look, there's no deceit in a Christian. He said, this is the way of sinners. Deceitful. They act past when they're not righteous. Their tongues get them into trouble. Yeah. Yes. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness because their heart isn't right. The poison of asp is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Excuse me. And their feet are swift to shed blood. The relationships are pathetic. Destruction and misery are their ways, and the ways of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatsoever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth should be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his 
in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Christ, in Jesus Christ, to all who and on all who believe, for there is no difference. And I praise God, we can have the righteousness of God. That is what we're commemorating this evening. When Jesus died for our sins to redeem us by his blood, we have the righteousness of God. This is not a description of a saint. This describes a person without the Lord. And we was all... We, thank God, hopefully we didn't fit everything it said here. But all too often we fit in with all too much. Maybe we were just mild cases. But it wasn't good. It wasn't glorified. And it wasn't good, built good relations. <clears throat> there is so much in the scripture that describes us as sinners. I wonder, I think it was because, so we got the point that we were sinners. We were decrepit. We were alienated. We were enemies. But praise God, we don't want to stay there because we didn't stay there. As Christians, we didn't stay there. Well, the next point in Colossians is it talks about the exalted Christ. And uh, Bradley read about that in Devotions, which was very good in verses 15 to 19, where it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. <clears throat> Isn't it wonderful that God didn't say, okay, I'm up in heaven, and you got to figure me out. You, you got to look at creation, and then you got to figure me out. Because it'd be pretty tough to figure out God. Now, we know he's orderly. We know he's merciful. We know he's compassionate. But you don't always see that in creation. When I see animals, I don't always see this kind of stuff manifested. But you know what he said? I'm going to send Jesus. And you can see him. You can, you know, when you read your Bible, you can see Jesus. You get imagery. If you want to. And you can imagine all kinds of wonderful things that Jesus was. He was so compassionate. You know. Thank you. Thank you for your <laughs> And you can, you, can, you can see Jesus, God in the flesh. And that's amazing to, to sit there and say, you know what? You just don't have to see Jesus in nature. Look at him on earth when he walked on earth. That's God. The invisible God become visible in Jesus. And what a tremendous blessing. And then it says he is the head of the body of Christ. And he, he's the head. And he says, okay, when I come, you know, they're going to... When, when we accept Jesus, he becomes the head. He is our top priority. You know, I was just talking to somebody today, and they were talking about prioritizing. And you know what? So many times it's easy. Yeah, I don't know if that isn't the right word. It would be nice. Thank you. That uh, it would be, it's easy for our priorities to get mixed up. Have you ever noticed that what happens on Saturday and even Saturday evening. It used to be, you know, people prioritized Sunday and worship. You know what? It showed through the week. And it showed through the week also when they prioritized Jesus. That Jesus was first. They woke up with Jesus. They read his word. They loved it. They didn't want to start a day without Jesus. 
And so, you know what? Even if they didn't have much time, you know what? They prioritized Jesus. You know why? Jesus was the head of their life. See, if he's going to be the head of the church, he has to be the head of your and my lives. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yes, he's the head. What a tremendous blessing. An exalted position. And, and, and what a tremendous blessing that is, that he is the exalted God. And so he's to be reverenced. See, he was that before he come to earth. And he is definitely that way after he left and went back to heaven. But then it talks a good bit here, and we want to look at that for a little bit. The means of the great provision for us for redemption. Verse 14, where it says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And uh, also then, also in verse uh, 20, where it says, For by him to reconcile all things unto himself, to, to himself by him, through Jesus, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of the cross. <clears throat> That's interesting because we, we, we commemorate Jesus' death. But if Jesus died and did not shed his blood, you would not be redeemed. It's his sacrificial death. It's the blood that he shed. It had, there was life in the blood. It was wrote in the law in the Old Testament. Life is in the blood. And we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We are redeemed. It makes all the difference uh, that he shed his blood for our sins. And it, so it's, it's a tremendous thought that it says there in 14, through his blood. So he had to die the spotless Lamb of God had to shed his blood for my sins and yours. And you know what? He was glad to do, he was very, very willing to do that, to have forgiveness of sins. It is a, it's just a God divine thing to realize that we can ask for forgiveness of sins. We don't deserve it. Remember, we were alienated in enemies. We, do, we, we, we deserve that. But we don't deserve this. And yet, <clears throat> he come and he died and shed his blood because he wanted us reconciled to him. Reconciled uh, to him. And, and that means brought back in the former relationship. Brought back into a good relationship. You know, one of the things, if you have... Are a person that likes harmony on this side of heaven, you will like reconciliation. You know, one of the most uh, irritating and bugging things is to know that you're not getting along with somebody. Does that bother you? It bothers Christians. It bothered God that you and I wasn't getting along with Him. We didn't have fellowship with Him because of our nature. Because it says, um, and that's why I said, look, his blood is going to be shed. If in by faith, by faith, if you accept that atoning work of Jesus, you know what? Your sins are forgiven. That's amazing. I'll just say it. That is just amazing. He said, look, okay. So he looks down and you know what? He can see our lives and he can see the blood of Jesus. You can see the blood of Jesus and your sins are beneath the blood. 
Too many people let the sins of their past drag them down in the present. And God says they're forgiven if you have asked for forgiveness, okay? He can, now I know they're sowing and reaping. God's always promised that. But you don't have to let the sins of your past drag you down the present. Amen? I'm telling you, friends, we are redeemed and we're reconciled and we can live above the sins of our past. I praise God for that. Because if we're honest, our past was not what it should have been. And, and but our present situation can be, we can be positionally reconciled to God, meaning having a close relationship with God. You and I, as as mortal human beings, having many sins in our past, can have them beneath the blood and can have daily fellowship with God. And that's because of the sacrifice that we're commemorating this evening. The blood of Jesus. Oh, how beautiful. Yes, having made peace through the blood of his cross. You know, people are trying to get peace. And there's peace contracts and peace covenants and peace whatevers. And you know what? There is no peace without Jesus. The world can want to have peace, and there is no peace without Jesus. But I praise God, with Jesus, there is lots of peace. Now, the devil tries to disrupt our relationships with each other and with him, with God. He tries to. And, uh, and, he, and he, so he tempts us in many ways. But I praise God when our sins are beneath the blood, not just initially, because some of you have been Christians for 30, 40 years, it has got to be made current. We've got to stay current on this forgiveness, atoning work of Jesus. This reconciliation, words we were redeemed, but you know what? We need to be reconciled and stay reconciled. And what a tremendous blessing. You could have sinned yesterday, and you may have. It don't take that many, me to go back in my mind, that many weeks to know that I have sinned. And yet, but praise God, I can be forgiven and I can be reconciled back to Jesus. And that's beautiful. There's peace. There is a certain level of peace that you and I as Christians have if we're living like we should. If you don't have it, I'll tell your friends, it's found at the cross. It's found at the blood of Jesus. It, 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 it makes us a new creation. And that's what's amazing about being redeemed. When we're redeemed, we're more than brought back in to his fold. And by this provision, we have also, like we heard this morning, we have a change of nature. Now, you know, you when you're there, you know, so your heart was bad when we were captive, bondage into Satan. Your heart was bad, and now our heart has changed. It's the story of the old man versus the new man, the new creation of Christ Jesus. It's so beautiful to realize all because of the blood of Jesus. All because of that wonderful provision. Now, the results of the redeemed life. Uh, and that's spoken of in verse 13b. He said they're conveyed into the kingdom of the son of his love. And that's what we're talking about. You know, we live in a worldly earth. We live in an earthly, worldly environment. 
I would say kingdom, it's a nation, but it's not a kingdom because we aren't captive into the kingdom of this world. Not as Christians, we are. We're delivered from that. And we are the kingdom, we are transferred, we're conveyed, transferred to the kingdom of God. And that makes all the difference in lordship, in priorities, in the peace we have. And so the way we think, these priorities, preeminence in our life, it changes everything. It's wonderful. 22b also says, to present you as his children, the ones that have accepted his redemption and reconciliation, to present you holy. These saints love holiness. You, they can't get too holy. I've heard some oh my, he's so holy. Well, I hope they can say that about you. So holy. So, can't get too holy. We can get too worldly. We can get too carnal. But really, can we get too holy? Yes. Song goes, more holiness give me. That's where we're at. Yes. Holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Now, that is above comprehension. Now, we can be there, but I'm not sure we can really comprehend that blameless. So he looks down at your life and says, she's blameless. Meanwhile, perfect, not a chance. Okay. But there seems to be the blood. Yes, he, that's what he died for. He died so that you and I can be blameless. Yes, that's how he has fellowship with us. That's how he, he walks with us. You know, just, and it's there. It's free for the taking, but it costs you everything. It's free for the taking, but it costs you everything. Your whole self, your whole self. It's wonderful. It's what a blessing. And then also back to, it's described also in verses 10 to 12 where it says, and that you walk worthy of the Lord. This is this, the way this person walks it's in this new kingdom. Fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all, for all patience and longsuffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. I hope that verse 10 and 11 is your experience. That's what God wants us to have, to walk pleasing to him, walking with him daily, being, being, in, and I don't like to use trite words, but you where your utmost the longings of your heart are to please him in every way. If it's that way, you know what? You will be growing. You will have works of righteousness. You have fruits that are beautiful in the righteousness. You will be strengthened. You will be growing in your knowledge. You'll be strengthened because of that Holy Spirit power within you. According to his glorious power. What a tremendous blessing we have. And God really wants us to be able to enjoy that. Colossians 3, 13 and 15 says a little, or just back, just 
probably another page in my Bible, speaks of this. Some more of the fruits or works of righteousness that happens to redeem people, where it says, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ has forgiven you, so you also must do. But above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also were called in one body, and be ye thankful. I hope the message here this evening has made you much more thankful for Jesus. Because when you think about your real position before him, before you was a Christian, we have a lot to be thankful for. That's a decrepit walk. And you know what? If Jesus wouldn't provide redemption for us, we would still be in bondage of Satan. But he said, look, now you're different. You're blameless. You're walking pleasing to God. But he said, you know what that's going to show? You will always remember the price of your redemption. You must always remember the price of your redemption. You've been redeemed, but it's the highest price that heaven could give. I'll tell you, it was the highest price. You were redeemed, and you know what? You were forgiven when you didn't deserve forgiveness. And you know what? That's what you do for your brothers and sisters. He says, look, you aren't the kind that's hard to get along with anymore. You may have been before you was redeemed, but let me tell you, you have received a gift from God, a forgiveness that you willingly and gladly give to your brothers and sisters. You know, and they can cross your path. They can say ugly things to you, and that may have happened to you. You probably can remember where, how recently it has happened, but you forgive them because Jesus forgave you, and you say, you know what? I love them. I want what's best for them. I'm going to pray for them because I want love to abound in this kingdom. This, this Love's going to abound in this. See, the love is the bond that brings growth in the Christian body. He says it very plainly. He says, you know what? You operate in this realm of forgiveness and being redeemed and reconciled to God and reconciled with one another which we must be if we're going to commune worthily this evening. You know, he said, you know what? The peace of God's going to roll in your heart. You're going to be a peaceful person. That will make the person that is contrary a peaceful person. You get around some people and they're just naturally, naturally debaters, contrary people, or obstinate, whatever. And you know what? God can redeem everybody, me and you. And you know what? They, we might, sometimes we see glaring things in other people. But I want to tell you, God sees glaring problems in every last one of us. Our sins were glaring, okay? We tend to look at ours like, well, you know, my problem's a little smaller. But when I read the, the list of uh, sins in the Bible and how God sees that, you know what? We were all out and out sinners, but redeemed and reconciled to God. You know, we have a song. I'm going to read it here and listen to the words here. <clears throat> I hope this is your lifestyle and how you do. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. 
redeemed through his infinite mercy, his child, and forever I am. If I follow, if I follow him, okay? This rings a little bit of Calvinism, but it, that's not what it's intended. Redeemed and so happy in Jesus, no language my rapture can tell. I know that the light of his presence in me doth continually dwell. I think of my blessed Redeemer. I think of him all the day long. See, he's everything. He's everything to me. I sing, for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my song. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed his child, and forever I am redeemed and reconciled by the blood of Jesus. Shall we stand for prayer?